0: We need to talk about ideas, good ones and bad ones. We need to learn stuff about the world. We need an honest, intelligent, thought-provoking and entertaining review of what the hell happened on this planet in the last seven days. We need to sit back and listen to the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove.
1: Oh, dear listener, are you out there in the live stream? Did anyone manage to move across from... Uh, <laughs> Facebook, across to YouTube, because in case you haven't heard, dear listener, we've been zucked, our Facebook page, uh, if you go and look at it at the moment, it just says, these guys have never posted anything, so this is the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove podcast, and Joe has made it, Joe was, uh, he's, (laughs) he's there. Uh, this is the Iron Fist Velvet Glove podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about news and politics and sex and religion. This is episode 289. I, of course, am Trevor, a.k.a. The Iron Fist.
2: With me, as always, but, uh, well, maybe he's got <laughs> some news. Scott the Velvet Glove. G'day, Trevor. G'day, Paul. G'day, listeners. And, yes, for those of you who are keeping a track on me, I am no longer on the dole. Well, I'll still be on the dole next week, but I start work on Monday of next week. Mm. And... It's up in Mackay. So it's taking me away from Brisbane. And I'm going to be head down, backside up for at least three to six months while I get myself used to it and that sort of stuff. So I'm going to leave all of the listeners in the hands of Trevor and Paul. Now, just a little warning. Trevor, do not continue to drink from the Chinese Communist Party (laughs) Kool-Aid. And Paul... You've got to stop drinking the libertarian Kool Aid.
1: There we go. Well, you'll have to. Um,
2: you'll have to just watch in
1: the chat room and. I oh, maybe... intend to. Yes. yes, and
2: I will pipe up if either of you go too far. Yes, yes, and Paul
1: the Twelfth Man is here as well. Greetings, always. Earthlings. Mm.
0: Don't know, not quite know how to respond to that, Scott. <laughs> I, I haven't been drinking any Kool Aid whatsoever.
3: Mm.
1: Uh, Joe's not with us. Joe got a late call up that he uh, couldn't attend, so I'm manning the tech stuff at the same time. So it's just a bit old school on this occasion. So so there we go. In the chat room, we've got Joe, Troy, and Don. They've made it into YouTube and managed to find us, so that's good. And, well, let's start off with uh, Facebook and and. Well, they really called the government's bluff, didn't they, on this? It was a situation which shocked everybody. So I thought that if they were going to do something, it would merely be to not share obvious news items of obvious news pages. But they went way beyond that and basically shut down any any site completely that mm-hmm. looked, sniffed, smelled even slightly of a news service. And that included us. It also included some very strange groups, uh, Bureau the the f-
2: Meteorology got it, closed down, any of the governments got closed down. It was mm, ridiculous. Mm, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I tried to post something from Spiked, as is my want. Yes. Wouldn't post. Yes. And that's not an Australian news site.
1: Um, it's well, British. Uh, well, the Australian Spiked is... There's no
0: Australian Spiked.
1: Uh, oh, sorry. You're, sorry, it was the British one, right. Yeah, okay. It's totally British, mm,
0: but mm. they wouldn't. it wouldn't... Let me post it. So right. So I thought that was interesting. So I checked with my, my one of my friends who regularly uh, posts stuff on politics and uh, Mark, who who was on the podcast. Oh, right? yes. And, and he said there didn't seem to be a problem f- for him posting stuff from other European news sites.
1: Right. Okay.
0: But the British ones. There we go. For some reason. No good. Mm. Strange. Yeah. But look, you know, um, you don't. Think Morrison had a point standing up to Facebook?
1: Uh, it's completely flawed because what the government was saying that Facebook and Google have to pay money to the traditional media,
0: who it, employ people to research it, it, and report the news. Yeah,
1: but on the basis that, that Facebook and Google are somehow lifting that content and repurposing it for their own benefit. And that's just not what's happening. Right. So in in the case of Google, all it does is crawl the web and say, there's a headline here from the Australian
3: mm-hmm.
1: with the first few words. If you want to read it, you've got to click on it and you hit the paywall. Yeah. If If the Australian or the Courier Mail or any other news service did not want that to happen, it's really easy to just tell Google, don't index my page. Like, it's that easy, I can do it. It's not a difficult thing to do. And so, is
0: that legally so so, so, they,
1: so they could have stopped if they didn't like what Google was doing, mm. they could have stopped Google from indexing their page. Mm-hmm. And Google wasn't copying and pasting the articles. As mm. you know, you hit a paywall. If you don't, it's because the news publisher decided not to put a paywall mm. there. In the terms of Facebook, these organizations created their own Facebook pages to share this stuff. Mm. And then after sharing it for free, then want to turn around to Facebook and say, oh, now I want you to pay for it. Like yet, they, it they volunteered that stuff.
0: And yet in the news today, it said that um, Channel 9 has been negotiating with Google and Google has come to the party or is willing it, to indeed. come to the party and pay them something for their news content. Google
1: has paid the extortion demand is essentially what Google's done.
0: Do you think they would... Pay it if it was indeed extortion? But,
1: yes. People pay extortion demands all the time. <laughs>
0: I don't. Y- yeah, Well, <laughs> nobody's trying to extort anything from me <laughs> well, yet.
1: Well, but they do. They have just done a simple calculation and they've said I oh, will pay this extortion demand and and we're done. So
0: But it, it was pr- it's probably going to be a significant amount of money. So chicken
1: would, feed for Google.
0: Yeah, maybe for Google. But and- would they do it if they really, you know, decided no, that's not not something we're responsible for.
1: Yes, if you feel as a PR exercise and as just, it's it's often just simpler to pay the extortion demand <laughs> and and continue on
0: to stay in business. Like the you know, if you yeah. open you open a restaurant what, 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 in in a town run by the mafia and they show up at your door and say, well, you know, we expect this much money each month and uh, we'll leave you alone.
1: Yeah. By the time you've paid a bevy of um. A bevy of QCs and lawyers and, and all the rest of it, you might as well just have paid the extortion <laughs> that's. But, you know, that's how I see it. So even though it's been a pain in the butt for me in the sense that the page has been, um, you know... Disabled. Disabled. Yeah. I, I actually have some sympathy for Facebook where they basically said to the government, oh, come on, this, this is just a rort. So what they should do, this is what the government should have done. The government should have said guess what, Facebook and Google, you're paying a threat of tax now based on your revenue in this Mm. country. Mm. We don't care about your profit shifting. And uh, dear Australians, we're going to allocate some of that money to the ABC or to some journalistic enterprise or whatever. But basically they should have said to them, you're going to pay tax.
2: That's what they should have done. Tax would be nice. Yeah. Mm. That's exactly what they should have done. Mm. They should have taxed them.
0: Yeah. So, do you think the government is trying to extract tax by other means? No, no I don't think the
2: government. It's just pandering <laughs> to Murdoch. This is exactly it. This is just
0: Murdoch doesn't own
2: Channel Nine. No, well, Murdoch but, doesn't own but, Channel Nine, but Murdoch owns a significant number of
3: hmm.
2: uh, news companies and that sort of stuff in Australia. Hmm. That he has been complaining and he's been bashing Morrison's ears about this for hmm. months. So, so as far as
1: Murdoch goes, he says we want some money, and I guess you have to pay Nine and Seven and as well, but. We want some. So, it's all
0: about Murdoch.
3: Yeah. It
2: looks that way. Yeah, and you just got to look at it, what it, happened in the yeah. stretch, Trevor. Really. Who do you think was gonna... complaining
1: to the? Do you think the government just came up with this on their own? Do you think they just sat around a table and went,
2: "Oh, what's what's
1: going on out there? Maybe we should start charging Google and Facebook." Do you think? what so do you think somebody you like Murdoch knocked on their door and said, "We're wanting some money"?
0: You don't think you don't, any think, other news, any other news publisher or business person who owned, who's involved in that business in Australia, had any interest in Did I say that? the government. Did I say that? You said Murdoch. Yeah, it's yeah, Murdoch, yeah, Murdoch, but Murdoch. But this is where
1: you turn things around, Paul. Because I, I turn things around. Yeah, because I said it's Murdoch who's responsible, and now you're saying, does that mean nobody else had any responsibility?
0: Now well, I just I didn't, think you Paul, placed too but, much no, Paul, emphasis on Murdoch's but, hand in but, but, everything. But, but, Paul, here's the thing. you, I say Murdoch's
1: responsible, and to counter that, you Paul. say... You mean nobody else was responsible at all? No, that's I mean not what is, I'm saying. What I
0: mean is, you seem to. Th- only focus on mm-hmm. Murdoch. You mm-hmm. don't say that mm-hmm. collective of news publishers in mm-hmm. Australia, including Murdoch. You mm-hmm. just—it's Murdoch. It's, Murdoch's it, it, the others, it's voice Murdoch. The others—it's Murdoch, and the others come Morrison's along for the ear. and
1: the others come along for a free ride. No. He's the most powerful man
0: in the world. I think he makes a hell of a lot more money from his other enterprises than he does from the Australian ones. These that's days. the problem.
1: That is the problem, and that's why he's demanded. That's exactly why he's demanding this. That's exact. Thank
2: you. No, but you just got to look what happened in Spain. Now, the Spanish government did something similar to this. They tried to get Google to pay for content, and they said, no, well, we're not going to put it up on the website anymore. Mm-hmm. And what actually happened was the biggest publisher in Spain and that sort of stuff said, well, you know, that's no problem at all. So what they found was that their sales went up because people could no longer get the news online. Mm. So they were buying more printed paper and that type of thing. It ended up
1: working out quite well for mainstream. It did, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, hey, there's lots of people in the chat room. Good on you for making it across to YouTube. Well done. So
2: um, so, um, just... I uh, think that everyone that's gone over here to YouTube should stay with YouTube so we can tell... Mark Mark Zuckerberg to go and get... (laughs) Zucked. Yeah.
1: Let's see. Now, of course, the news came out just today that they managed to cut a deal with Facebook and apparently the pages will be reinstated and details of the deal have not yet been released. But according to the shovel, um, Facebook now owns Tasmania. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we're yet to see whether that's the case. (laughs) So anyway... um, They've reached an agreement with the government and uh, by this time next week hopefully we'll be back to normal on that score and maybe some of you who have switched across to YouTube will stay there rather than going via Facebook well, as a sort of a protest. Daniel
2: Flanagan's but, just said except YouTube is owned by Google. I didn't yeah, that. And,
1: yeah, and that's the other thing. You might say, well, maybe you don't like face, uh, YouTube because they caved in and paid an extortion demand. Maybe morally you should applaud what Facebook did. And um, stay with Facebook. You make that decision, dear listener. <laughs> what would you do, given the choice, Paul? Would you be li- would you be watching via YouTube, Aww. Google, or via you, Facebook?
0: You know, I I I just wish that we had more alternative platforms. Mm. Really, I think it's yeah. you know, face, Facebook obviously was you know was the first of a kind, and it caught on and it became very popular. And I, I enjoy Facebook, I have to say, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's a little bit. Um, Gives, gives one company far too much uh, power and influence, doesn't it, when it mm. is a, almost a monopoly. Mm.
1: Mm. That is one of the problems with our technological environment is indeed. we've got a lot of big monopolies, yeah. oligopolies operating. Mm.
2: Exactly. That makes me think that the Yanks might be on something where they're talking about using antitrust to break them up.
1: Mm. Yeah, indeed. Yep.
2: Mm. Um,
1: just why was it such a broad net? Why did they close so many... Sites, which included NGOs and local government pages and literary journals and the Bureau of Meteorology. Apparently in this bargaining code, uh, it defines news as issues or events that are relevant in engaging Australians in public debate and in informing democratic decision making or current issues or events of public significance for Australians at a local, regional or national level sort of specifically didn't have to be done by a journalist. So a very broad description given by the government in an attempt to extract money. And so that's why Facebook made it a very broad brush when it started disabling platforms or started disabling pages. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was an interesting event. Uh, Scott. Yes. Brittany Higgins. Um, Young lady who was sexually assaulted in Parliament House That's been all of the talk Did you have any thoughts on that one at all?
2: Well, I think ScoMo has really cocked up You know, he really fucked up when he said that he had to check with his wife Whether or not rape was a serious enough crime Mm. You know, and
0: Sounds like you're putting words into his mouth now,
2: Scott Okay, fair enough ScoMo really fucked up when he said I've got the quote there
1: for you, Scott Okay Right there
2: Jenny and I spoke last night. She said to me, you have to think about this as a a father first. What would you want to happen if it were our girls? Jenny has a way of clarifying things, he said. I mean, he shouldn't have needed to talk to his wife in the first place. This young lady was allegedly sexually assaulted. Now, you know. Raped? Well, Mm. she was Mm. raped, okay. Sexual (laughs)
0: assault has a pretty broad sort of um definition
2: these days. Okay, it? then we'll say we'll take, take it what it is. She was allegedly raped and he had to say that he had to speak to Jenny first. That was really Just to
1: appreciate the full gravity of it. Exactly.
2: And that was really quite cringeworthy actually that he actually said that. We you know, none of it makes any sense to me. I, I
0: agree. It was a bit cringeworthy. I, I'm not sure he said he had to speak with Jenny first. I don't think he actually said that.
2: No, I know he but didn't he actually said that
0: say that he, that. he discussed the issue with with Jenny.
2: And then why the hell did he? Why the hell didn't he say that? I knew that this was very, this is very bad. Mm. I spoke it over with the wife last night, and we, you it's, know, it's
1: all part of his folksy. Yeah. I'm just your average dad. dad sort of thing. You know, yeah. I sit down at the dinner table with the wife and yeah. we we talk about stuff as every Aussie d- bloke does with his wife. Okay. It's all yeah. part of that folksy sort of thing that he was trying to, to, cultivate, to, get it, yeah. to cultivate is what he's done, I think. Right. But I'm kind of a, with you a little bit, Paul, in that you're saying that people have exaggerated the meaning of that comment as to I be so. the only way he Look, came up with that empathy was to consult his wife. That's right. Where not necessarily.
0: I'm a little bit sympathetic to that. It was clumsy. I, yeah. and, and I fully agree with both no. of you if, if what you're saying is he doesn't no. need to talk to his wife to know that it was wrong. No. And of no. course it was wrong. It, rape is always wrong. No. Exactly. And, and, and I thought it was a, a very, very clumsy... Um, Ad hoc sort of mm. comment from him, but um, and he was rightly criticized for it, I think but mm. um-
1: so anyway, there's a series of um, inquiries have kicked off. I think there's uh, a last count about four of them mm. one was to investigate sort of parliamentary culture, one to investigate liberal party staffing culture, one to investigate who knew in the parliament in the prime minister's office like there's a bunch of inquiries
2: yeah. Um, just on who knew in the parliament in the prime minister's office. Now mm. you've got people from diametrically opposed points of view. You've got Malcolm Turnbull on one side, and you've got Peter Credlin on the other. Mm. They both said essentially the same thing, where well, they Did said, they? It, "Yeah." Well, Turnbull said it, it oh. strains credulity that the PM's office didn't know that and this. Peter Credlin, and Peter Credlin agreed, and Peter Credlin agreed. Peter Credlin agreed, Peter Credlin agreed with Malcolm Turnbull. Wow, yes. that's
1: yeah,
3: that's strange incredible. times indeed. Yeah, why? why?
1: Uh, because she hates Malcolm Turnbull. She, she, she might hate her. him, yeah.
0: mm-hmm. but she's a rational human being, you know.
1: Uh, well, she's extremely biased in her views on most things. Well,
0: everyone's so. biased, Trevor, but she's well, a rational human being. I've heard her but, speak a couple of times and but, she comes across as an intelligent, rational person. So, like, so, you may not agree with her politics, but, you know. N-
1: normally she wouldn't allow... Uh, it's it's quite often her bias does not allow her to see the rational answer to it or at least to enunciate it. She might think it, but she'll spin some other sort of thing. So I'm surprised. Call me crazy.
0: I wouldn't call you crazy. (laughs) Anyway. But look, what what do you make of it all? I mean, this hoo-ha. I mean, Mm. women get raped in all kinds of circumstances. Why Mm. is it special? Because it happened in this particular workplace.
2: It happened in Parliament House.
0: Yes, but why Mm. is that any worse than happening anywhere
2: else it's probably no worse than anywhere happening else but it's one of those things that you honestly would have thought that someone who worked in parliament house would be somehow above that kind of behavior really well you know politicians work there don't yeah i know like- that mm. but you've that's mm. the whole point we're supposed to be able to hold them to a higher standard and those people that work for them we should also be holding them to a higher standard now clearly that's wrong And, you know, it's got out of control now. So I I don't know what the answer is. I mean, clearly rape is offensive regardless of where it happens. It's wrong and it should never be tolerated. And yet it is. It is tolerated. It's, it's, It's tolerated more abroad than it is here. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean... So, Paul, are you
1: saying no, why look, was there so I, I, much media yeah, about this? That's, that's, when, what,
0: that's what intrigues me is right. why, why people are coming out right. and making such a big deal. I mean, clearly the woman is, you know, and, and it's a crime. It's a, it was a criminal offence according okay. to her description.
1: Okay, so there, there could have been a rape down at the local accountant's office last week and yeah. we didn't pay any attention to that. Well, is that what you're sort of it, saying? It
0: wouldn't be in the news in yeah, the same way.
1: But, and you're saying what? that, but hang on, isn't it just self-evident that when a leader of our country is questioned as to how much he knew about what had gone on and whether there's a cover-up because they're trying to protect the office, that that's more relevant to us and we have more interest? Doesn't that, as a matter of human nature, make sense that, W- we'd be more interested in that maybe. because this is the guy we end up voting for, whereas the accountant down the road or whatever we don't know from a bar. Yeah, look, I-, I don't think it's such maybe. a stretch of... But
0: listen, I listened to a mm. podcast uh, last weekend uh, with mm. as the Ali, as you all know who she is. Mm. And she, was- she wasn't talking about this, obviously. She was talking about the situation in uh, the United Kingdom where she said basically middle class or, you know, relatively well-to-do women in society are obsessed with protecting the rights of women in the middle classes or in high positions, you know, like breaking the glass ceiling, getting more women into boardrooms, getting more women into politics. Okay. And she said, and they totally ignore all the poor Uh, Probably women who don't have access to to the news, uh, often uh, migrant women, Mm -hmm. she said, who are routinely or regularly or much more often than we'd like to think of Mm. sexually abused by their partners, by their families. She's talking about child marriage.
1: The lower classes are ignored.
0: The, the, Child marriage, uh, female genital feminism mutilation, feminism problems of the lower class are ignored. Assault, yeah, right. Particularly by migrant groups, mm. she said. And these middle class women will not say a word. She said they are totally silent on these sorts of abuses of women and girls. Mm. And yet something like this happens, and they're all over the. You know, Mm. and there's a bit of a double standard operating, I think, and I think it's similar in Australia.
1: Incidentally, dear listener, with Scott leaving yet again, Hmm. we're in the market for another podcaster here. (laughs) It has to be a female so that we get a female perspective on on issues and just a different colour and flavour. At the moment, um, I feel like we're we're somebody painting a canvas and they're not allowed to use the color yellow or something like that like we're just i'd like to have another voice so um alison julia um i put a word out to you shay um you don't have to do it every week but maybe you could take it in turns so
0: um and somebody younger
1: as well would be good so um please reach out and if you're angered by three white men um talking about rape allegations without a female input, it's because people are putting their hand up to come on, so there you go.
2: Yeah, Bronwyn could come on. Yeah, well, we
1: don't. Bronwyn's down in Victoria. I really want somebody in the studio, if possible. Fair enough. Yeah, if possible. Okay, um, here's what I think about uh, this whole parliamentary thing is I think it's exposing a a real toxic environment, it Mm. seems, that's coming out, and it's a situation where young people – Uh, coming in as staffers, and they have a lot of pressure on them to be loyal to their party so that they can move up through the ranks and perhaps get a pre-selection themselves. And you've got um, people away from their normal homes, and you've got power imbalances. To me, if I had a daughter in her 20s who was a staffer in the Parliament House... It doesn't sound like a great environment. Like, I know
0: there are... There are Good pay. Uh, it, it, nice conditions, it, really. I mean, I know they work hard, yeah, but... But, uh, but this sort of toxic sort of... It's, what's it sounds, toxic about it? it well, Is the, it any well, more toxic than any other workplace? I, I think
1: the power, the way power and loyalty are combining and people away from their homes, it's, it's not a regular workplace by any means, it's got a lot of pressure on it that doesn't apply in other. It's a very, very high pressured environment. I'm sure it is. So yeah. I think those factors make it a, 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 a tricky environment.
0: But some young so. people, you know, young, smart, mm. ambitious people mm. would thrive on that pressure. Uh, I would uh, imagine. Of, of course, they would. And the but, opportunities mm. it would present for career advancement would be potentially amazing. Yeah. So, so why so- wouldn't you... Just, Encourage your daughter to go and work? Uh,
1: I, I wouldn't discourage, but I would have more concerns about uh, that sort of safety in the workplace than I would at some other wow um, companies, but some regular companies,
0: for the very reasons I've just said, Paul. But there's cameras everywhere. They have a lot of security staff. I mean, I it's, find it hard to imagine a a more secure place to work. In, it's, in some but ways. it's
1: not just within Parliament House itself. It's It's what goes on. I was listening to 7am this morning and there was a staffer from the New South Wales Parliament who was describing um, what had happened to her where she was um, put in a, a, tricky, a tricky situation by a senior person in the party. And it wasn't all happening in the Parliament House. So these people are working hard, playing hard. They're at restaurants and bars afterwards like this. Um, it's And they've got to play. I mean, politics is about... All sorts of political – it's a very – it's a political game, funnily enough. But, I mean, all offices have office politics, but obviously in this environment it's not it, – you just can't say, oh, Parliament House is like any other workplace. Mm. I, I just don't think that is the case. No.
0: So – But do you, do you not also think that um, in recent years there's been a, a tendency towards some sort of sexual puritanism? Going on in society. Look, look,
1: when we spoke about universities Mm -hmm. and Bettina Art was making comments and one of the problems there was university students who felt they were assaulted on the bus on the way in or whatever. Yeah,
0: because someone looked at them. Yeah,
1: that was considered an assault on campus. even though it was absurd. So there are things like that that um, misrepresent the reality. But uh, for the reasons I've outlined, I think the parliament houses, both federal and state... Have a unique pressure and a unique set of circumstances sure um, that make them rife I, I, for these problems.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit wary of you of this word toxic because you know it seems mm-hmm. to be applied to lots of things these days just because people want to sound, make mm-hmm. it sound more dramatic than it really is. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, human relations are complicated, and as we mm-hmm. know. You know, people look for sexual partners in the workplace, all over the place. Mm.
1: So an environment that's perhaps, as I've described, if you accept what my description of it as being different to a normal work environment, uh, highly charged rather than toxic? Would Absolutely. You prefer, would you but some people
0: that? would really thrive on well, that energy, you know? Of course they would. But,
1: but
2: um, don't you think that um, considering what we know about that, Oh, I've lost it But That particular case Well not Yeah that particular case It really does raise questions about it Now I remember the whole thing That you were talking about 7am this morning That was a very good interview mm. um, Now you had a situation there That this young girl was Pushed down on the bed And that sort of stuff I don't believe she was actually raped but- No but, but she was seri- in a situation that was very serious, and that type of thing. And this bloke just pushed her down on the bed and held her there.
1: But there were a series of and encounters he, that he she felt groped she, her and all that sort yeah, of thing, where yeah. she felt she didn't have power to to reject his advances as bluntly as you'd like to, because mm. it would basically chop off her career instantly if she did. So,
0: well, um, obviously that's an that's an mm, issue that mm. needs to be addressed.
1: But anyway, one of the, so there's about four inquiries that are going to be run and, of course, whether we ever hear about them and the results of them is another thing. One of them, uh, Mr Morrison announced Western Australian Liberal MP Celia Hammond would investigate how to improve the coalition's standards and practices around workplace bullying and assault. Do you hear about that one?
2: I did hear something about that, but okay. um, I've been rather busy the last couple no worries. of weeks. So you might,
1: you might be asking yourself who is Western Australian Liberal MP Celia Hammond, who's been put in charge of this. And oh, um, she's a former Notre Dame University chief. Who oh, once,
2: that's right. I remember hearing <laughs> about this. Who
1: once <laughs> refused to describe herself as a feminist because she claimed the movement had become pro-abortion, anti-men, anti-tradition and anti-family. Um, and she's quoted as saying, I've never known a single woman who has been able to have a premarital, casual, sexual encounter or that sort of relationship, who hasn't actually, whether they acknowledge or knew it at the time, not been searching for something more, she said, what they're being sold as a pup. Now, this is the person who's been put in charge of coalition's standards and practices around workplace so, bullying well, she's and going assault.
2: To say, so what she's going to say is that um, you know, women has got to keep their legs closed, that's all, you know. She's going to come out with a very Catholic... Absolutely, to this. Mm. She
0: sounds a bit Catholic, doesn't? Yeah, she? she
1: is. Yeah. So, anyway, just to put someone like that in charge of this sort of thing, mm. um, one should be surprised, but I'm not.
2: Just mm. briefly, Daniel Flanagan said that that mm. girl on seven AM, she passed out and woke up with to him having sex with her. That's sexual assault. You can't give consent when you're unconscious. Okay, I mm. didn't realize that. Mm. Mm. The, Any- the one we're talking about.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, no, this is the one on seven a.m., which was a New South Wales Parliament.
0: Oh, I, I yeah.
3: I'm not aware. I
1: recommend of that. seven a.m. podcast. It's very good. It's about twenty minutes. Yeah. And who's um, the guy who's often reporting on there? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I'd recommend that podcast.
2: And it's on at seven a.m. Well,
1: uh, <laughs> it oh, tends I, I to I don't come
2: know. up at around about four o'clock in the morning or thereabouts. Mm. But it's um,
1: it's about twenty minutes. Yeah, and it's usually pretty good. 7 I Recommend okay. that. Um, Just briefly, in Texas, they've had massive um, weather event there, freezing conditions in a state that doesn't normally get it, hence the pipes and whatever are not built for winter conditions and have basically burst. Mm. And a lot of the power supply has also failed Mm. and people have been huddled in the cold without water, without running water and having a pretty tough time. And Ted Cruz... Took his family to Cancun. He's the, he's the senator <laughs> of okay. Texas. Yeah. And I saw this line that said. It's not
0: that far from Texas. That's right. And it's just across the Gulf. Yeah.
1: And I saw this line that said Ted Cruz became the first Hispanic person to flee the USA to Mexico <laughs> to ensure his family can access basic needs like food and electricity and for protection from ice. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, that was good.
0: Right, yeah. but you're um, not going to you know, mention why they, the power system in Texas failed?
1: Uh, I haven't investigated it fully, but it's a... V- Will you tell me why, Paul?
0: Do you- I don't know all the details, mm-hmm. but, but I did read that they, uh, they have quite a lot of windmills, um, wind turbines, attached to their power grid now, and um, they stopped working. Uh,
2: I'm not are you so saying so that's sure the reason that- Why?
1: Failed windmills. Be- is that is that, that what you're saying? That is
0: what they said. They said so, gas yeah. gas lines burst, as you said, mm-hmm. and the wind turbines stopped working because they weren't built for freezing conditions.
1: And and you're saying it was the wind tur- wind turbines failing that cost that caused the Texas crisis. It was it's, a very, and nothing, and nothing a very else, significant Paul. factor. And nothing else. Oh come it, on. And John. it was the major one.
0: It was a significant factor. Whereas it, if they'd it, had, it, it was the major factor. I, I don't know the major. It was a significant factor. Right. Okay. Mm. So let's be clear. These mm. uh, wonderful new I, I, so-called renewable technologies do have weaknesses. But, but Paul, yeah, if
1: a ben traditional technology, Paul, if a traditional technology failed, mm-hmm. would you take back all of that?
0: What do you mean a traditional technology? Well, um,
1: a, 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 a gas-fired power station if it failed in the cold, would you take back what you just said?
0: Did it, Well, a, a gas pipe burst, I believe, is what so, happened, But if it? a
1: traditional power-generating oh, source failed Look, in this winter condition, would you... I'm just pointing you,
0: out the reality that all these people who are putting all their hope in but, but, wind turbines and no, solar they, power panels are, you know, no, no, investing no, in something that is not as great no, as they no, like but, to but, think. But
1: what you've said is that it failed because renewables failed in the winter conditions. They did. But are you also saying that traditional power generation did not fail in well, these it, winter conditions? Apparently
0: one Is that uh, what you're saying? What I'm saying is the wind turbines were useless in those conditions because they weren't and, built for those icy conditions.
1: And no and traditional power was all good.
0: No, it wasn't because apparently a nuclear power plant also had a problem. Oh, did it? Yes. Oh. However, oh. I would, uh, I'd be very so, so, surprised if a coal-fired power plant wouldn't operate in freezing conditions. Right. I right. Think what do you think? My, my, I
2: think the major problem was the network. Be i I very surprised. I think the major problem was the network wasn't up to that and the network failed. So the electricity whether it came from nuclear or gas or anything like that or even wind turbines, it wasn't right. No. My no.
1: understanding is that uh, Texas has a privatised power system Mm-hmm. And that there's therefore no incentive for the private suppliers to have the sort of overcapacity and winterized supply mm. because it's all private enterprise. So you can't provide the cheapest rate if you have built in a winterized system. So yeah, which costs that's, more? That's, and apparently that's, that's,
0: they could have built in some sort of. Mm. Uh, what would you say? Some sort of extra mm. durability in the mm. in the wind turbines to to better Paul, withstand the icy conditions. Paul, and, and Paul I
1: I don't accept that it was the wind turbines failing accept. that caused it. So okay. I'd like to see an article, and in fact, I'll look it up, and Good. and we'll see what the real story was. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um,
2: I've no doubt that the wind turbines did fail because of the freezing conditions. Yes, because they would have built them. They would have built mm. them for Texas, which never mm. gets snow. Yep.
0: So but does uh, Texas never yep. get snow? I'm not sure about. Well, that. Mm. it
2: doesn't get snow very regularly, and it certainly doesn't mm. get this level it, of snow. It
0: was a freak weather event. It was sure.
3: a
2: freak mm. weather
1: event. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, so, Paul, if, for example, power lines failed, mm-hmm. so it's impossible to power transmit. Lines? Yes.
0: Do they fail in freezing conditions?
1: If they, if, if they are covered in ice or break because of snow? I don't know, but because they're frozen? The transformers? Power,
0: no, I don't. I don't think that affects oh. power power transmission, if, does it? If if the power I tra- don't know. If, but I'm, I'm if the
1: power transmission system failed, which means no matter how you're generating the electricity, you can't transmit it because it's the lines themselves have failed.
0: But why would the lines fail in freezing conditions? They're just metal. Wires.
1: Right, but there are presumably substations in between that have to operate. So
0: I would have thought that mm, these days, you know, they've been building such things for a very long time now. So power lines ironed out those sort of So
1: it couldn't possibly be the power lines failing, but it definitely was the renewable wind farms that
0: (laughs) failed. I'm not saying it couldn't possibly anything. Mm, I'm just saying I read a report Mm. that the wind turbines which supply a significant portion of the Texas power supply Mm. stopped working in the freezing conditions.
1: Okay. We'll come back to it. That's what I'm saying. We'll come to it next week with some facts. That'll be interesting. Ted Cruz might be back from – actually, he is back from Mexico because he uh, got in so much trouble. Yeah. Tennis. We like our tennis.
2: Love tennis.
1: Scott, you're not that keen. Paul and I love our tennis.
2: I will play it, but I'm not really that keen on watching any sort of sport, to be honest.
1: Mm. Um, at the ceremony for Jokovic.
2: It was
0: interesting, wasn't it? Mm. Were you watching it? Uh,
1: I didn't watch the ceremony, no, because oh. they're normally so terrible. Yeah, the why would you watch it? Boring. I yeah. agree. Yeah. And
0: I, I I often turn them off, yes. but just because it was the men's single, and I did watch the women's singles yes. final presentation a little yeah. bit as well, but. The men's, you know it's 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 kind of interesting it's the culmination of the whole two weeks, and yeah I for some reason I didn't just switch it off and I continued watching yeah
1: did they welcome the traditional owners of the land at the beginning of the ceremony
0: did I don't they? think they did did
3: they i don't no, i don't, I don't recall i
0: didn't I notice know. it
1: mm. anyway, you um had an article from The Spectator which Somehow you shared. I don't know well, how you I did Well, I shared
0: it. by copy and pasting the text. There you go, yeah. I didn't share it via yeah. the traditional means. Mm.
1: So, interesting, because I wasn't aware of this because I didn't watch the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So, basically, there was a barrage of booing. There was. Echoing around Rod Laver Arena. There was a lot. As Tennis Australia Chair Jane Hidlicker um, thought she would get a warm round of applause when she thanked the Victorian Government during the Australian Open Men's Trophy presentation. Instead, mm-hmm. the crowd hissed and jeered.
0: A lot of them. No, yeah. I wouldn't say all of them, but there were a lot of people yep. jeering and booing when she mentioned the Victorian Government, thanking I've, the Victorian Government.
1: I've got the audio. I'll play it. Okay. This would be good for people to hear. Let me see. Um, here we go.
0: There are many other people to thank that enabled this great night to take place in the last couple of weeks. The top of that list is the Victorian government. Without you, we could not have done this.
1: It's an angry crowd.
0: At least some of them. Mm. I, th- I, I wouldn't say the whole crowd, but mm. there was quite a few.
1: Mm. So uh, in this article from The Spectator, it says, well, there you go. That was just an angry crowd pissed at having been locked up who was basically saying, we're not having any of this. And um, That's
0: an interpretation, obviously. Yeah, yeah
1: that's his interpretation. And the other, um, the other time that there was booing in this was when she mentioned the vaccines are coming. Mm. So I'll play, this as, I'll play this as well. Here we go. Um, so,
3: Now both players players,
0: and frankly all of the players over the course of the last three weeks, have been playing under exceptional circumstances. In fact, the last 12 months have been exceptional circumstances for everybody around the world. It's been a time of heartfelt uh, challenge, it's been a time of deep loss and extraordinary sacrifice for
3: everyone. And with vaccinations on the way, rolling out in many countries around the world, it's now a time for optimism and hope for the future.
2: Scott,
1: you've never heard that before?
2: I'd never heard that before. I had reports about it. But I can't understand why anyone would boo that line. What she was doing is that she was stating the bleeding obvious. We've been through a lot. And good news, vaccinations are on the way. Yeah, exactly. And... and I thought there was
1: amazing, the people booing vaccines arriving. I
0: thought it was interesting too.
2: Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I, I, the anti-vax movement is big.
0: I don't think that they are necessarily anti-vaxxers, to be honest. You, you had to be to boo that. Why would you have to be? Because she was
1: making a fairly innocuous statement exactly. about, we've been through some hard times. It's great, isn't it, that vac- vaccines have arrived and we can get back to normal, and people mm. booed. Like, if you weren't an anti-vaxxer, why would you boo that? You
0: might just boo because you're totally fed up with all the, sh- all the lockdowns, the way the Victorian government suddenly shut down the, you know, attendance at the Australian Open for but five but days. You might be the... And you might be just totally fed up with all the bullshit from the Victorian government, okay? And... That's
1: understandable. Okay, you are really angry with the Victorian government. Very, very. If you were in the stands and she had said that, would you have had any feelings of booing that statement?
0: Probably not the vaccine part. Yes, but I am not a mind reader. Yeah. I I don't think necessarily there were that many anti vaxxers in the audience at the Australian I, I Open. Was men's loud, I thought that was allowed.
3: I thought uh,
1: there was allowed. Am- there were there were more people booing. No, no, there was more before. No, the
2: the vaccines had a larger booing than, than the Victorian government. No, no, I disagree. I yeah. think
1: the Victorian government.
2: What do you had think it's got? More I thought the vaccine got more booze than what the Victorian government did. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Daniel Flanagan said, Remember, that it was a Djokovic game. He admitted he's he is an admitted COVID vaccine skeptic. His fans may be as well. Yeah, that, that's true.
0: Well, that's a possibility. Mm.
2: That's true.
1: But then people who turn up at a final are more or less tennis tragics. It sort of, you know, if you get a ticket, you get a ticket, and you, you don't know who's going to necessarily be yeah, in the final. It's a pretty
0: so. rowdy crowd, though, I have to say. Right. D- d- you watched the match, didn't you? Most of it. And there were a few times when uh, people were jeering, uh, even ju- when Medvedev was trying to serve. There were people still whistling, and mm. and he had one once or twice stopped his serve and sort of looked around and sort of said, "You know, give me a fucking break, you guys. Mm. You know, I'm trying to serve here." Um, and they sh- and and the mm. and the umpire many many times said, mm. "Thank you, thank you. Right. Please don't please don't make any sounds during." you know yes. the the match yep. while they're playing and while mm. they're serving mm. and I had to say it repeatedly because mm. there were some people who sounded a bit rowdy mm. but look i i don't know i really yeah. don't know why people would boo at the vax my feeling is that they were just booing because it was another thing related to the victorian government who whom they've had a gutful and i I would have thought
1: vaccines is, is nothing to do with the Victorian government. It's, it's just an achievement of, of, of humanity that we've rustled up a vaccine in 12 months. And, well, there is a link. And if you were really angry with the government, it would be, yeah, thank God we've got this vaccine and we'll yeah. be over this. I just but the government is involved ins- if, in No matter how angry you are with the Victorian government, if a vaccine is coming, it would be, hooray, now we won't have to put up with this okay. nonsense anymore. I just
0: But you're speaking rationally after the event, you know. These people were there... You know, they're all excited, you know, they've been watching the match and then, you know, somebody said something about the Victorian government. Oh, mm. fuck the Victorian government. Boo, mm. boo, boo, you know? Mm.
1: Okay, so it's quite normal, I think, for um, at rugby league grand final presentations, for example, when if they're, a politician should be brave enough to get on stage... Sometimes they get in the, boos, the end, so, ex- <laughs> Exactly. It's perfectly normal... Please welcome the Premier of New South Wales, uh, Gladys Berejiklian, to to present the yeah. the trophy. Of course, there is going to yeah. be booze, and so I am not in the least surprised about the booing of of um, you know the Victorian government in that okay. situation. That's just par for the course. I just think that the really, the, yeah,
3: but yeah, I've been watching is,
0: this for years, and I don't remember right any prior occasion. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much. the Victorian government was Mm. thanked for putting on the event, Mm. you know, or for their assistance Mm. and the crowd booed. I've never heard that before. Yeah. but I think this was an exceptional time. But
1: you'd agree in sporting events, rugby league in particular. Oh, yeah. um, There's a famous incident where Gough Whitlam was invited by his Senate colleague and then president of the Queensland Rugby League, Ron McAuliffe, to kick off the 1974 grand final. And this happened at a low spot in his government's fortunes, uh, 1974. As he and McAuliffe walked to the centre of the ground, they were greeted by a torrent of abuse in beer cans, <laughs> which continued throughout the ceremony.
0: 1974. Mm.
1: McAuliffe, Whitlam remonstrated on the way back to the pavilion, don't you ever again invite me to a place where you're so unpopular.
2: <laughs> One of the great Goff Whitlam yeah. lines. I thought he said, uh, I've, I've heard a similar story that he, apparently he, he leaned to somewhere or other when he was getting burdened and he said, "Comrade, why do these people hate you so much?" Yeah. <laughs> it was
1: that. It like, it's the same event. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, different wording. Yeah. So, um, yeah. oh, I also wanted to say, you know, the other week when we were talking about uh, approval ratings, it was like eighty percent of people were basically, "Do you support what the government has well, done?" Same things happening co- in Western Australia now. in its COVID response. Yep. And I said, you know. um, How do you feel that maybe 80% of people disagree with you? What I forgot to mention at the time was the other 20%, some of those may actually have been unhappy with the government because they didn't go hard enough. So it's possible that even 90% of people wanted that level of of sort of restrictions or even more. So I just sort of wanted to make that point, which I forgot to make last week, was it wasn't that the other 20% necessarily... Pure wanted less speculation, Trevor.
0: Uh, indeed. Pure speculation. indeed,
1: but it could be the case as yeah. well. Well if we people can say said, that
0: about any stats we can speculate. Yeah, but I
1: just I just didn't want to give twenty percent to the um uh, to the, people to who the are side of yeah, because it was not necessarily the case. No, yeah.
0: You can't even give twenty percent to no, the presenters. No. So you want what, ninety five percent to be sheep?
1: No, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna give Uh, Any. I'm just going to say we don't know what that other 20%. Maybe they wanted more severe lockdowns. In Western Australia, they're up to 88% approval. I know.
3: Poor fools.
1: Well,
0: sad, isn't it? uh, (laughs) You
1: don't think we're going to agree with you on that, do you?
0: Our education system is sadly failing our people.
1: (laughs) Um, did you see the anti vax um, demonstrations?
2: No. I was really surprised by the numbers that turned up. What's, Huge numbers. Where, when was that? This was in just on Well, it? all
1: over Australia in the last weekend.
0: Really? Yeah. I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. Last weekend? I, I was away last weekend. Sorry. I, I, I totally <laughs> turned off. Um, I didn't take my computer, didn't look at the news very much. I'm pretty much. sure
1: it was last weekend. It may have been the weekend before, but. Um, I don't have dates on these extracts that I've got here, but there's links. So, And
0: they're actually anti-vaxxers, are they? Yeah. What yeah. sort of numbers did they get?
1: Well, thousands in Queensland, some of them in tinfoil hats, gathered in the City Botanic Gardens.
0: <laughs> Seriously?
1: Before shutting down parts of the CBD in a march dominated by young mums, children and retirees. Ms. Palashook said she was disappointed to see so many promoting disinformation. So there were thousands in Brisbane, and there was quite big numbers around Australia. So, yeah, police said it about 2,000 plus. That's a lot.
0: Don't you think that? that's 2,000? I don't know. Is that a big protest?
1: I would have thought so. Okay.
0: In a population of... I mean, obviously, everybody who is anti-vax doesn't necessarily make it to a demonstration. Mm-hmm. But what's the population of Queensland, roughly?
1: Four million, five million? Five million,
0: yeah. So 2,000? I don't know. Well, Brisbane is, you know, more than a million population. So 2,000 in a city of more than a million.
1: If I organise a demonstration at any time and I get 2,000 rocking up, i consider that as a success. Oh, you would? Yes. So I've got low standards.
0: What's your cause? (laughs) What What are you protesting against? Call
1: me crazy, but I think 2,000... The fact that you could get 2,000 anti vaxxers rock up in mm. Brisbane alone, and then sort of similar numbers around the country mm. to me. Oh, in the. It's um,
0: significant, I'll I, I give you that.
1: In the chat here is, uh, I think this must be from Joe, saying apparently 5,000 in Sydney demonstrators.
0: 5,000? Yeah. Mm. But Sydney's a, a big city, you know. Sydney is like four and a half million. Yeah. So it's sort of is
1: a lot, do you don't think, of 5,000 demonstrators? You're not impressed.
0: Well, it's a significant number. I I, I just don't think it's... It's not like, you know, the anti-Vietnam war marches when there was just people filling the streets. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not on the same level. Even the anti-racism marches attracted a lot more than that, Mm -hmm. you know. All right.
1: I thought it was a lot. Um, There were 11 rallies around Australia. In Sydney, a group called Australians versus the agenda helped arrange the gathering and their stated mission is to help create mass-scale awakening of Australian citizens, a fully empowered, conscious and cooperative collective of individuals.
0: That would be nice.
1: Mm, you start you're starting to sound okay. <laughs> the rally in Sydney was attended by people with signs such as coronavirus is a scam and vaccines kill. Convergence of many online conspiracies was evident in the signs and views people held against vaccines, five G, lockdowns, government, and Bill Gates. Bill Gates, (laughs) and if that wasn't colourful enough, former celebrity chef Pete Evans was the star attraction in Sydney, taking to the stage mid-afternoon without shoes (laughs) to speak about his political aspirations with ex One Nation senator Rod. Hullerton's Micro Party. Evans excited the crowd with a speech offering self-determination, quote, no one is coming to save you except you. Probably should have directed that to the 12% in Western Australia. (laughs) I don't have the answers, Evans, who was booted from Instagram for spreading falsehoods about COVID-19 this week, told the crowd, quote, I will speak the truth. Well, it's my truth. Everyone has their own truth, he said. There we go. Mm. He's
2: um, a moron,
3: isn't
1: he? Um, yeah. Mix of older people, young families with children, um, who held signs that either rejected science or promoted independent thought, such as let me learn to think for myself. There we go. I'm amazed. They got so many.
0: I don't think yeah. it's that many.
1: What do you think about um When it comes to mandatory vaccinations, I've got to to put this in context here. When it comes to kids and things like whooping cough, if a family decides not to get their kids vaccinated and enough of them do it, then it creates a danger for other innocent kids who are not yet old enough to get the vaccine, but who Mm -hmm. might sort of catch it at an early stage. So it creates a problem for innocent bystanders, if you like. When it comes to this COVID vaccine, though, if Pete Evans or other people decide not to get the vaccine, but you and I and all of our friends get it, it doesn't matter what Pete Evans does. Like, we don't really care. Not too much. It doesn't really affect us if Mm. people like that decide they're not going to get the vaccine. So it's one of those ones where... That's a bit more of a personal choice. You're not going to really – your only person you're going to hurt is yourself and if you're silly enough not to get the vaccine, then you have made that informed choice. Paul, are you going to get the vaccine?
0: I'm not rushing out to get it. Right. If I decide in the future to travel overseas and that's a condition of travel, I I would certainly seriously consider it. But other than that, unless I have some pressing need to get it, I won't be going out to – Find it? Mm. I've never had an influenza vaccination in my life. Right. And I don't get the flu. Mm. I don't know why, but I just seem to have a good immunity to influenza.
1: Mm. In the chat room, I think it must be Joe, who's manning our chat room, says more unvaccinated people equal more chances for mutations which render our vaccine useless. There's there's that argument.
3: Mutations, anyway, though. I'm
1: still... uh, Anyway, that's that's an argument. But, um, Scott, you'll get the vaccine. I'll
2: get the vaccine as says I'm able. Mm, yeah. So will I.
1: Anyone in the chat room not going to get the vaccine? Let us know. <clears throat> um, what else have we got here? Uh, you know, there's a very quick shutdowns we're having these days. Mm. And there's like seven, sort of half a dozen cases and... Governments are having these sort of half quick, a
0: dozen one in, yeah. in Brisbane They're having
1: these quick uh, sort of shutdowns for five days or whatever emergency quick shutdowns and people say that was just too extreme. Absolutely, it should do more like what Sydney would do, which well actually Sydney closed the northern beaches there when it
0: did got, they close? Well, the I mean beaches? they
1: had a shutdown if you like. They stopped. They Cafes did a lot,
0: a lot and of testing, and,
1: yeah, and they... They basically had a shutdown in the northern beaches.
0: But people were still allowed, able physically, to move in and out of that, those districts, I think.
2: I, I mean, yeah. don't think they were. I thought you were locked in those districts. If you, grow, if you, if you were living there, you had to stay there, I believe. Mm. I don't know. That would be yeah. worth
0: checking.
1: Anyway, a shutdown... I mean, a imagine shutdown is a how spectrum. many
0: police you would need to close off every single street... Out of those areas. It's a huge area, the North, Sydney Northern Beaches. And there mm. are many road sort of entry and exit, po- exit points to the district.
1: Yeah, but on that basis, Queensland didn't ever shut down because you could just walk over the Tweed border whenever you felt like it as well.
0: So, well, um, I know that I had to get a permit yeah. to re-enter Queensland when I left the state briefly yeah, a few it, weeks ago. It
1: just, so just because it's potentially porous doesn't mean... No, I mean, but, a shutdown is a is a spectrum of no, things. No, but there are a lot.
0: Those. There are a lot fewer roads they have to close across the border, actually. Mm. And uh, in fact, yeah. Uh, but
1: in terms of people just walking across, it's incredibly easy to walk across the border at Tweed Heads. Yeah, but incredibly easy.
0: But you know, just walking across the border, you're not, not going so, to go far.
1: So, well, hang on, Paul. On the one hand, you're saying there wasn't a shutdown in the Northern Beaches because know. it was too easy to walk across. You couldn't possibly block off all the streets. Well, on the other hand, you'll say there is a lockdown in Queensland, even though I'm telling you at Tweed Heads it's possible just to walk
0: across no, 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 the border no, whenever you want to. No, no, I wasn't talking about walking, so, Trevor. I was so. talking about people driving their cars. Walk,
1: drive, train, bus, automobile. Yeah, like. It's
0: not what? the same. If, I, if mm. I wanted to go to New South Wales, mm. I wouldn't be just walking across the border in Tweed Heads because what would be the point? Where would I go after that? Now, I'm talking about the Northern Beaches area of Sydney mm. where a lot of people have cars mm. and, and people drive in and out you know, of that area all the time. It seems to me a logistical big ask for the police to stop everybody driving in and out of those areas through every possible street and avenue, you know.
1: Anyway, the point I was going to get to was I was thinking myself, yeah, it, maybe they should wait until it's twenty, thirty, fifty 50 before having one of these no. big shutdowns. But then I looked at this graph, which um, will be in the show notes, and... And when the um, Victoria had its incident in the uh, in June, and basically on day seven of the outbreak, there was um, about twelve infections, and it was such exponential growth that by day thirteen there was a hundred. Mm. Like it really catches fire very quickly. And I looked at that graph and went, "Yeah, okay, I get it." So I was sort of wavering towards your side. And then when I looked at exponential growth of infections, I thought, yeah, actually, it. Yeah, but infection I can understand doesn't
0: it. mean death. It doesn't even mean serious illness. Mm. It's a small proportion of people who are infected who actually mm. become ill. Mm. And it's an even smaller proportion of them who mm. die. And the they're mainly is, over 80. The
1: point is, infection gets out of control really quickly unless you shut it down really quickly. So I'm... Um, yeah, I'm back on on board with the early shutdown myself
2: Well, I think that Norman Swan said it perfectly on yeah. CoronaCast yeah. No, I know you don't like him, Paul That's fine But he said that if you're going to do shutdown You've got to do it early You've got to do it quick And you've got to, you've got to be very blunt with it mm. And that's why, you know Palace Chook, when she shut us down for those three days She said that we're going to have everything shut down From 6pm tomorrow tonight so she gave us the day, but then after that, it was all shut down. So,
1: mm. some comments in the chat room about the shutdown in the northern beaches. I think basically along the lines. Ah, actually, there's conflict in there. Uh, various comments saying how how porous or non-porous it was. Anyway, um, just when it comes to vaccinations, it's going to be interesting to see if they're mandatory for any employees in any circumstances, and I've got a link to an article that suggests that it's unlikely that employers in most industries would be required by workplace health and safety law to make their staff get vaccinated. So it seems like less likely that employees will be forced to, but it seems more likely that customers or visitors on a plane, for example, might be forced to rather than employees. So... It's going to be interesting to see in the next three four months when we've got um well maybe six months most of the population vaccinated whether there's going to start to be laws that say well if you want to come in you've got to show us a vaccination
0: wouldn't surprise mm. me if it happens that way mm. of course in the military um you know they don't mm. have a choice do they true if you if you sign up to the military, mm. you're uh, you have to do what they tell you, including take vaccinations. Mm. But you know that's a fairly sort of special type of employment, mm. isn't it?
1: Um, just got a link to an article about the COVID medical network. This is a group of three Melbourne doctors, and basically, I'll just leave it in the show notes. Essentially, the leader of this group, um was relying on, again, a study, which was a study of studies. And again, it was a total misrepresentation of what the studies actually said. And he was relying on one of the studies as proof that um, hydroxychloroquine was effective, for example. And in fact, the study itself said exactly the opposite. So it's another example where so-called experts referring to reports totally misrepresent what the report actually says. Um, if you want to go through that, it'll be in the show notes. Um, tobacco advertising, free speech, Twelfth Man. It used to be when we were kids growing up, there would be advertisements on everywhere, everywhere, billboards everywhere, adver- everywhere, and that got banned. They did. What do you think that was a legitimate restriction? The restriction on advertising of tobacco.
0: I used to think so. What do you think?
1: Oh, I think it was.
0: <laughs> okay. So what else should should be banned? Because But before I get onto that it's no good for us. But before we get onto that, could you motor just motor cars? So, so uh, Motor cars kill a lot of people. Should, so, should we ban advertising for motor cars? So,
1: well, Paul, before you ask me that, could you at least answer the question that I asked you?
0: Um I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Right. I don't mm. think it's so cut and dried. It's, mm. it's-
1: so we've been living for a while now, Scott, with uh, a lack of tobacco advertising. Actually, I was walking past Coles the other day and you know how the cigarettes are held behind a blank cupboard now? Mm. And, and you have to ask for them. You have to ask for them. And I heard, this, I heard this guy say to the assistant, could you tell me which is the cheapest brand? Oh. And she said, I can't tell you. Really? So, yeah, she said I, I don't even know, and I'd have to. But she was just refusing to say. So
0: refusing to say because she honestly didn't know, or because yeah, I she think wasn't because permitted. they have to scan
1: them or something like that. And she wasn't I'm not permission. sure if it was because she wasn't permitted. Whether yeah, that's it's not interesting. But anyway, he was saying, "What's the cheapest? What's the cheapest <laughs> pack of cigarettes you've got?" Scan <laughs> them all. She said, I'm, not them gonna the you. Stop, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. So um, my dad uh, stopped smoking. I've mentioned this before in the podcast. Um, like, I think cigarettes now, a pack of cigarettes is about $45, $50. Oh, they're expensive. Yeah. My dad stopped when I was about 12, which would have been... Uh, so, that was about 1976. And he stopped when cigarette, a pack of cigarettes hit a dollar. Oh. He said, a dollar a packet? That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Went cold turkey. Never, <laughs> bought, <laughs> never bought him again. Yeah, so, good for him.
3: Yeah.
1: So... We've been living, Scott, for a while now without tobacco advertising, but what's happening now is these uh, TikTok influencers and people like that are starting to promote nicotine pouches and other sort of variations on cigarettes and it's starting to have some effect, it appears, especially overseas, so...
2: Is it nicotine vaping, is it?
1: Um, there's these pouches, so...
0: It's oral, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it just seems to be, uh, you put these flavoured nicotine pouches in, I'll just read a little bit here, um, flashing an ice white smile for her 50,000 followers on TikTok, TikTok. a fresh faced young woman pops a flavoured nicotine pouch in her mouth as one of Pakistan's most popular love songs, plays in the background, It conjures up images. It does. Uh, more than 3,000 miles away in Sweden, another social media starlet lip-syncs for the camera to a different pop tune. The same little pouches made by British American Tobacco appear in shot. And British American Tobacco has embarked on a $1 billion campaign that harnesses the popular appeal of social media influences, pop stars, and sporting events. So I just see that as a worrying trend, but I don't know that Why? there's much we can do about it.
0: It's illegal substance, isn't
1: it? it, Of course it's legal.
0: So what's the problem?
1: Uh, I see it as a worrying trend because not all legal substances are good for people.
0: Sugar, for example.
1: So indeed, sugar and soft drinks uh, can be really bad for people.
0: They certainly can be.
1: So the trend of people scoffing four litres of of, uh, soft drink every day – Worries me,
0: I used to be a high school teacher, yeah. and I can tell you mm. uh, some of the some of the kids used to carry around you know a, a two or three liter bottle of coke in their hand mm. around the school all day, basically yes. yeah and I mean clearly that was not going to be good for their performance in the classroom or mm. maybe on the sporting field might have helped them but um,
1: yeah so so I see it as a worrying trend that influencers are promoting nicotine.
0: Yeah, but you know, patches
1: because um, it's a legal product. But I see it as a worrying trend.
0: It may be a worrying trend, but don't you think you oh. reach a point where you you say, "Well, what else is the government going to tell us we can't we can't have, or we can't hear about, or we can't advertise?" You know what I mean? So, so little by little, I, I don't think eroding much. I, I don't think we should be freedom of choice.
1: I don't know that we can do anything about this. Is ultimately where I stand on this because it just sounds impossible to regulate this.
3: It's a legal substance.
1: um, But I'm still very happy that advertising of cigarettes on mainstream media is illegal, Hmm. even though it is a legal
0: substance. So what do you think about the uh, decriminalisation, in fact legalisation, of hemp? Good idea. But that could be harmful for people too, couldn't it? Could be. But you don't have a problem with it.
1: Ah, uh, I don't want it advertised on mainstream TV. Okay, but you're happy with so, it
0: being legalised? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. What do you think, Scott?
2: I tend to agree with Trevor. I don't want it, I don't want the advertising, but I'm quite happy to have it legal.
0: So, mm. what's the problem with the advertising specifically?
2: Well, the advertising is a. The advertising is telling people to go out and use the product. And I don't believe you should be telling people to use the product because the product is popular enough already without any advertising. But that's
1: but you could say that same about same Coke. beer. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beer is yeah.
0: plenty popular mm. enough, but we don't ban beer advertising.
2: Well, it wouldn't worry me if we did. Mm-hmm.
1: Really, yeah, uh, you'd be uh, up for a ban on beer advertising?
2: It really wouldn't worry me if we did. Right, right, now he's going right, too
0: far. Right.
2: No, because I already know what I like and that sort of stuff, so I don't need to. I don't need to hear yeah. any more about it. What about young drinkers who mm. haven't sampled all the brands mm. that you? Oh had? Jesus, mm. Paul! They've drunk a hell of a lot more than I have. They can understand everything, mm. but they, you know, it's. I don't think you should go as far as having plain packaging for beer and that sort of stuff. But it really wouldn't worry me if we that actually banned. Come. If we actually banned. If we banned advertising or grog, it wouldn't worry me. Can you imagine
0: plain, plain bottles, just plain brown bottles? Exactly, you can't you even wouldn't... see the colour of the beer. You only know there's something fizzy inside,
2: and you wouldn't know what you're buying. It would be a pain in the ass.
3: Mm.
2: That's why I think that they, you know, I don't have a problem with them still selling them in their in their in their favourite colours and that sort of stuff, and keep the names on it for. Cigarette.
1: For beer. Oh, for beer, right. Okay. Now,
2: cigarettes, right. I think, are a different story. Right. Now, mm-hmm. cigarettes are the only product in the world that, if used, if used to manufacture specifications, will kill you.
0: Mm. My understanding on, on why they banned cigarette advertising was because it was targeted at young people, at basically children and teenagers, mm. to create new customers. Mm. Whereas old smokers knew what they liked. And would just you know buy buy the usual brand, or they might switch brands. Yep. But the advertising was specifically a danger to young, uh, easily influenced people. Absolutely. Mm, would so sense. would that also apply to not apply to beer?
1: It, it's a it, it. Of course, that applies to beer. But the question is the relative danger of the two products. So the argument is that a little bit of beer and a little bit of sugar. Uh, can be okay, but a little bit of um, you can't. A little smoke. bit of uh, carcinogenic tobacco smoke um, with a highly addictive nicotine component mm. is is never going to be okay.
0: And it's- yet, I believe, and I don't know the exact percentage, but drink driving is implicated in a very significant number of road fatalities, isn't it? So alcohol. Mm. We know is implicated mm. in in those kinds of deaths we know and, mm. and tobacco obviously in lung cancer, but
2: yeah, but like mm. I said earlier, tobacco is the only product that if mm. you use if you use it the way the manufacturer tells you to it, mm. will kill you. Not mm. always. Mm. Well, every actually, smoker doesn't get lung cancer. actually
1: no, james James makes a uh, point here. alcohol advertising is restricted as to when and where you can place your ads
0: okay. Yeah, sure. I think that's that's right, isn't mm. it
1: mm. Anyway. Uh, that's interesting with TikTok and these nicotine pouches, and who knows where that's going to end
2: up. So it's sort of like a flavored gum, is it? That you suck on, is it? Sounds like it. It's, yeah, I don't know exactly. I haven't tried them. Maybe we should try some on the podcast. <laughs> no, thanks.
1: It's we a, could sample it for not. the listeners. Maybe we could get some chewing tobacco give them some and, and spit into a spittoon. <laughs> it took <laughs> me
2: long enough to give up smoking. I do not want to mess with that drug again. No. <laughs>
1: Mm. And,
2: uh, I've never been addicted to that one
0: myself. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and what brand did you use to? Did you have a particular brand, Scott?
2: Uh, Marlboro yeah. Gold was where I finished. Oh, I and, 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 and I started off on. Um,
3: I wonder if
1: we're allowed
2: to discuss this. I, <laughs> I started off. On, I started off on Benson Hedges Blue, mm. Extra Mild. They were called. Actually, before that, I had um, Dunhills. Dunhill Deluxe Mild. I mean, yeah. you, you were
1: introduced to it by friends at the back of the toilets in the schoolyard or um, like... Oh,
2: it was peer group pressure, but no one yeah. actually introduced me to it and that really? sort of stuff. I just just be, I just I saw guys that were smoking and that yeah. sort of stuff. I thought, oh, that looks okay. So Most yeah.
0: teenage boys try right. it, though, don't mm. they? I know I did yeah, yeah. with my you know teenage friends around mm. the age of 15 or mm. something like that.
2: Mm. Anyway. It's one of those things, let's hope that... Um, Even your my, my, my niece smokes, mm. but my nephew doesn't. And of the three older nieces and nephews, then my nephew smokes, but my one of, one of my nieces doesn't and the other niece does. So it's one of those things. You, you just got to hope that the next generation realizes how stupid we were mm. and doesn't actually do it. Moving
1: on briefly, let's get through some topics. Uh, the Greens leader, Adam Bant. The Greens, one of your favourites, Paul. Oh, I love the Greens. Because you are, when we do Vote Compass, most closely aligned am, to the Greens yes. policies. So you are a I'm Green. I'm
0: left, left libertarian. You are a green. green. Green left libertarian.
1: Deep inside you, you are a Green. I yeah. always have been. Mm. So the leader says he wants the next federal election to be a referendum on inequality as well as climate action. Because the coronavirus pandemic has meant ordinary people have suffered while billionaires and big corporations are making out like bandits, says Adam Bant. Bant says Greens will outline policies over the coming months that will look to some look to transfer some of the billionaires and big corporations' wealth to everyday Australians with investments in genuinely free education, a public health system, blah, blah, blah. Looks like they might be considering a wealth tax, I reckon.
0: Like it
1: mm, it really wouldn't surprise me. That's what it's looking like. But it's a
0: bit uh a bit rich painting them as bandits. Bandits are people who steal, right? The, these big corporations didn't ask for COVID. Mm. I don't believe they engineered the COVID pandemic, mm. but they did profit from it immensely. And we know why, because people were locked in their homes. On social media and various other electronic entertainments. So I don't
1: think he's saying that they engineered. No, David but he calls to, them bandits.
0: That's mm. that's a bit uh, you know, a little mm. bit below the belt, I mm. think. Mm. They profited enormously, we know that. Mm. But they didn't set out to you know, mm. to, to engineer the pandemic and they mm. certainly weren't stealing anyone's mm. money. They mm. were taking it from mm. selling goods and services. Mm. So why does he call them bandits? So that
1: they were conducting legal trade rather than banditry, which implies illegal stealing. Exactly. So Bant
0: is just, you know, showing his true form. He just Mm. hates rich people.
1: Right. Mm. Doesn't he? Well, I think he does. Don't know that he hates them.
0: Sounds like it.
1: Maybe he just thinks that they're really (laughs) nice people who just need to be introduced to uh, the problems of inequality. Maybe he's trying to help them. Maybe he loves them. (laughs) <laughs> maybe he loves rich people and he wants to expose them to new ideas about how much better they would feel if rather than having $5 billion, they had $4 billion, but all of their employees had a fantastic healthcare system. Do you know, I,
0: I think Trevor's on to something. I, yeah. It never occurred to me yeah. before, but I think you're probably right, yeah. Trevor.
1: See, So it's maybe a bit naughty of you to suggest that he hates I rich take people. take it back, Adam. I'm yeah. sorry. In the same way that he was being a bit loose with the truth in accusing them of being bandits. I obviously didn't think it. was You might have through. been loose with it in <laughs> accusing him of hating rich people. He's just trying to help.
0: Yeah, of course he is.
1: We'll see what they come out with. That'll be interesting. Also, um, as we mentioned previously, we've lost uh, Kern Andrews from the parliament. He won't <laughs> be back. And um, he lost his pre-selection. Scott, you're chuckling away there.
2: I'm very happy to see the back of him because he's a mongrel bastard.
1: (laughs) So here's the interesting thing, and we've discussed this before. This is um, from a blog by Crispin Hull, which I've just discovered, um, talking about the pre-selection battle. The astonishing thing was the minuscule number of paid-up Liberal Party members who voted in the pre-selection just 292 of them 111 for Andrews 181 for his opponent um, and of course uh, during that sort of event everybody turns up to vote so that really means there was only 292 give or take a handful in that um, in that branch and he's saying that Um, if the party is only about 300 members in a stronghold seat, it means nationwide the party has only 35,000 to 40,000 members. Labor probably has a similar number. He's saying that's a very fragile democracy when a group of 300 people are going to decide a position like Kevin Andrews. He says, look at the figures. Party membership costs about $100. In the Andrews pre-selection, just 35 changed votes would have made the difference. That's just $3,500 worth of memberships. Not very much to topple the longest serving member of the House of Representatives. So he's saying, I'm sure that the pre-selection was done legitimately in terms of the voting. But what if each of the major parties looked at the Menzies pre-selection and thought, what if we infiltrate the opponent's party, become members so we can vote in their pre-selections? At fairly minimal cost, Labor stooges could become Liberal members and vote in pre-selections for candidates who present as least electable by the electorate, and vice versa. It would be for the trifling cost of a few thousand dollars. That is true. If the Labor Party really thought about it, they could say, go and join up. It's only 100 bucks. 35 people, and you could topple sitting members in their pre-selection
0: but it would also be dishonest
1: it, it would be dishonest uh he says here as well that indeed this happens to some extent in u.s primaries uh, so this is in some states any voter can register as a democrat or a republican and vote in primaries some states have the open primaries allowing anyone to vote in them anecdotally some ardent democrats vote in republican primaries for the least electable candidate
0: and vice versa That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. It's a funny system in America. It
2: is funny. Mm. See, I think that's um, not the case in Queensland because I was speaking to Deep Throat on Sunday Mm. and he said that he was actually planning to join the LNP (laughs) so that he could pressure them from the inside over the whole voluntary assisted dying. Right. And he's never heard anything back for his application all that sort of stuff has been knocked on the head apparently. What? Really? He reckons that they've gone through, they said, oh God, this guy's on the side of voluntary assisted dying so we can't do it.
1: Deep throat, yeah. Keep us informed of your application. Absolutely, well, that, so that mm. would be very interesting. Mm. Mm. There we go.
0: But it would be very bad press if it got out that the Labour Party was even slightly encouraging people yes. to join an opposition party to sabotage it, or it, vice versa. You know, it would be it, very, very, very. It bad would pressure.
1: be. That's a little bit of a fanciful thought, but mm. the point is interesting that it doesn't take that many. To, to To make a change. Yeah. It's very small numbers. Look, and know. this is why the Christian groups who gather together people mm-hmm. um, and say, uh, you hundred Mormons over there, go and join that branch mm-hmm. and attend that meeting and have your phone on because a text message will come through telling you how to vote <laughs> and they just do it. Yeah. And uh, it just shows how small numbers mm. are sort of – and the guys, basically the point of the, of the article is that the, our democracy is quite fragile when such small numbers can make – Significant changes. Yeah,
0: it's fragile when you have autocrats like Andrews in power. Right, yeah, well,
1: except he got elected, so he did, and then yeah. he took it
0: upon himself to act like a mini dictator.
1: Yeah, with powers that were already in place. Yeah, but yeah so
0: emergency powers that. Were. Yeah, yeah. I, previously,
1: Parliament said probably, parliaments probably had, shouldn't be there. But yeah, previously but previously elected Parliaments had all agreed to pass. So you can yeah. justify to
3: all. No, so,
2: Trevor, I do tend to agree yeah. with you, but I also tend to agree with Paul here mm-hmm. because. Those emergency powers, that was ridiculous mm. that they were extended for as long as they were. Mm. I, wouldn't, I would have thought that you could, lock them, you could lock them in place for 30 days at a time. And every 30 days you should go back to Parliament and say, we still need this because of ABC. Yep. And Parliament can say, well, you've had these for three months now. Haven't you got ABC under control?
0: Yeah. That would sound more reasonable because just having them on the books... Where a premier can just pick them up anytime he or she likes and, ex- and just run with it no that's not that's not a. have no pro- I've got no Is the problem- Victorian
1: um, powers any worse
0: or better than other states I don't think they should have them frankly. I mean no. maybe in, but, in but, a, a, but, like a, a natural catastrophe you know like, like you' see in these these movies you know where but, the earthquakes and the, all the buildings are falling down or you're under yeah. attack from a hostile Plague. I've got no, I've got no, no problem. No, not a plague. No, plagues can be handled in a civilised and systematic way. Yeah, mm.
2: but I've got, no problem, I've got no problem with Daniel Andrews declaring an emergency, but I do believe that he should have been required to consult on that emergency with Parliament once a month.
0: Well, no. you sound more reasonable, Scott, than Trevor over here does. but well, uh, no, no, I don't no. think what did, what did I actually say? Well, you sound like he he can just use emergency powers for as long as he likes whenever he you, likes.
1: You, you said he was autocratic, and I was just making the point that he is a democratically elected premier, democratically and, elected, and these were these were rules passed in a democratic parliament. So I'm simply saying, I, I it, take it, your point. It, it was a fully. It wasn't a dictator type approach in the sense that these are it was ruled a, a, by
0: decree parliament was mm. suspended wasn't it parliament was mm. suspended mm. and it was him and his cabinet mm. ruling by decree is that any, is not to me a democratic is that any system. different to other states i don't know whether it is or isn't So why are you picking on him like that i'm why not just picking on andrews well, but, i think you are uh, all right well he's he's a standout example i'll i'll put it that way because he was worse than the others yes his, his well, use of Palaszczuk, his, Palaszczuk was his, certainly his use of emergency powers
1: was worse. Contest. His use of emergency powers was worse. The, the system in Victoria is, is outrageous. It's worse than other states. He
0: allowed the it, Black Lives Matter protest to proceed unmolested. It, there were thousands and thousands of people is in is the So did and then, so when a, a, you know, a few dozen dissenters who mm. were dissenting against lockdown showed up mm. on the streets. Mm. He sent the fucking riot squad to beat them up. But can we just, just get I mean, back to the emergency
1: powers? I'm just curious. is The, Victorians, the emergency powers are, are they badly in, in,
0: abused by Andrews I, and Palaszczuk, I, if she has I, them. Was he
1: any worse than any other than the other premiers in his use of emergency powers? Was was he abusing them more than any other?
0: Yes, I, th- I believe he was. In in that then, he
1: wasn't reviewing them as frequently as other premiers were. The example
0: were. I gave, he yeah. sent the riot squad mm. to round but, but the up. The example you gave, a few dozen dissenters, a few dozen. But the example and you- allowed thousands of Black Lives Matters protesters. To, to march down the streets yeah, unmolested. But,
1: but, but if that's your example, Palaszczuk and Berejiklian and other premiers also allowed Black Lives Matters. So I'm just trying to get to the... My, my question here, Paul, is is the Victorian government... Protest is a democratic what, right. Yeah, but I'm, I'm questioning whether the Victorian government's use of emergency powers... Was any worse yes, or better? I just gave you the example. But, 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 I, but the example you gave was Black Lives Matter, and I pointed out to you that that happened in every state, I know. so it's not a very good example.
0: I know. But did any other state government send their riot squad to, 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 to beat up on you know a few dozen dissenters in the street? Uh,
1: so that so I'm asking, is that it? Is is it's the riot squad issue? Is and not it?
0: only that, but the way he and probably the other premiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, mischaracterized and deliberately, you know, defamed anybody who had a different opinion. So he wasn't different to other premiers because oh, you've already said was, that he was the worst. He but was you, a standout. But but you just worst. said other premiers. He was a standout worst example of According. that abuse of democ- democratic power.
1: Basically, because of because of the way of he, the, he acted
0: the... and his arrogance and his, you know, insistence that he was right and anybody who disagreed must be a, a crank or a And other
1: premiers weren't doing that.
0: Well, they were. Yeah, Palaszczuk was doing it. West point. Was any worse than any of the others? He's. I I don't see... He's the worst of a bad bunch. Right. Okay? (laughs) The worst of a bad bunch. (laughs) Very (laughs) gently and softened a bit in the Mm. last few months. She she started to sound more reasonable and Mm. more nuanced in her approach. Mm. Not Andrews. Lock them down. Lock Mm. them all down. He locked down the whole Victorian state... Mm. For a few cases found in Melbourne, so did the, the whole state. Yeah, yeah, the people out in the regions weren't weren't affected. They weren't testing positive, and they had to follow the same damn rules just because Andrews thought that was best. I mm-hmm. mean, give me a break. Mm-hmm. What a, what an
1: and other premiers didn't do that.
0: They did it, yes, and it wasn't mm-hmm. good. But right. he was the standout.
1: Right. What happened in South Australia? Did they lock down the whole of South Australia, or was it just Adelaide?
2: I think they just locked down Adelaide.
1: Right. Mm. Right, there we go.
0: There we go.
1: Well, we're coming up to an hour and a half, and we should say farewell to Scott, get off <laughs> Far North Queensland. Yes, seeing yeah, us again. Mm. Hope you get good internet.
2: Yeah, mm. the internet up there won't be too bad.
3: Hmm.
2: You anyway, might have to wait and see, but um. you'll have NBN anyway. In will have NBN in the city mm. of Mackay. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Right, you, you can beam in.
2: Exactly.
3: Yeah.
0: Well,
2: well, I'm not. I'm not female, so I can't. Uh, I can't replace myself because I'm not female. Well, it's, Scott,
0: you would be
1: welcome at any time if you just. <laughs> you've, if you've never if, been female. If, if you're in the chat room and you're listening and watching, and you're just going, "Oh my god!" Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you've got an open invitation to zoom in at any moment, Scott, and vent.
2: <laughs> no worries. I'll I'll have to. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to You'll have to keep me on um, Zoom invites then, won't you? Yes. have to
1: organise that. All right. Well, dear listener, I don't know how many were in the chat room. It's hard to know the numbers, but it seemed like it was relatively active. Good on you. Mm. Next week, I suspect Facebook Facebook will be back up, but we'll see. And, uh, and we'll be on the uh, hunt for uh, somebody else to come in and help fill in the seat here and chip in with stuff. So
0: we want a, a woman, right? I do, Yes. Can it be right. any woman? Any kind oh, of woman? Or yeah. does it have to be a...
1: Preferably younger as well. So what I be... mean
0: is, you know, a, a, a woman is a little mm. bit indeterminate these days. Right. So can yeah. it be a woman right. who was a bloke right. yes. yesterday?
1: Yes, that would be fine. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: yeah. Good. Just wanted to clarify that. Yeah.
1: There we go, dear listener. It's farewell to Scott. Okay. Goodbye from me.
2: And thank you very much for tuning in, everyone. I've enjoyed my time with the podcast and I will be back at some stage in the future. Not sure how often, but I'll be back.
0: Is there an expression in a European language where it's, you know, goodbye, but not goodbye forever? Adieu or something? You know, the sound of music? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know what Goodbye, that
2: Goodbye, farewell, alvidas and goodnight. Yeah, that's you it. remember yeah. it well.
0: Mm. Okay. But anyway, we'll,
2: we'll see you presently, Scott. Yeah, we'll, I'll be back down once a month and that sort of stuff. But, uh, mm. yeah. And you won't keep me away from the drink session when we have that. So, right. <laughs>
0: very good. Okay. All have right. It all goes well for you, Scott. Thank you very much, Paul.
2: All
1: right. Bye, everyone.
2: Good night, all. Bye now. Bye, everyone. Congratulations, Trevor. On five years of fine podcasting,
1: like a good communion wine, your podcasts get better with every year. Sadly, your iron fist has lost its velvet glove. Dear listener, don't be seduced by Trevor's dulcet tones or seemingly reasonable arguments. When it comes to Trevor, remind yourself of the wise words of Brian's mother.
3: He's not the Messiah, he's just a very naughty boy.
1: Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, First up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time and you might be repeating something I've said. And when you're talking to your friends, say, hey, I heard this on this podcast and it's worth listening to. And maybe pick an episode that you think's a good one and direct them to it. Like grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Fizz Velvet Glove and subscribe <laughs> on their behalf on their phone and uh, and just put the word out. The other thing is you could become a patron and support the show. So if you go to our website, you'll see a link to Patreon and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode. And really, the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from a dollar fifty Australian to, I think, $10 and various ones in between. It's really, what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, is it worth more than that, less than that? Whatever you get out of it, because not everybody gets the same. Maybe you don't listen to the whole thing, maybe you never talk about it with people, maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there, it'll be different for everybody, so if you get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more, if you don't get much, contribute less, but in any event, you can subscribe there, if you don't like the idea of a regular subscription, the website has a link to a PayPal donation, so you could just do a one-off donation every now and again, so there you go. It'd be good to uh, spread the word, get a few more listeners and that way, look, if we ended up getting more listeners and more money, we could do maybe a second episode or more special episodes, provide some more
3: content. So it's up to you. If you think it's worthwhile, let people know. Thanks.